you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. You must be peanut butter, because you're making my legs feel like jelly. Welcome back to Chats with Bree. We are on episode 9 today with special guest David in the house. Hello, David. Hello, Bree. We are going to ask him very quickly three random questions so we can get to know him before we get into this week's very exciting episode. David, if you had to be one type of branch, what would it be? Branch? Yeah. I don't know. Um, like of a tree? Yeah. <laughs> um, Christmas tree branch? Uh-huh. Okay, cool, cool. And if you would um, wear one type of shoes for the rest of your life, what would it be? Yeezys. Yeezys? Yeah. Mm, classic. Um, and finally, what do you want to do with your life? Um, I hope to be the man that God wants me to be. Nice. Awesome stuff from David. So now that we know him, we're going to get right into the questions. The first question we have, so these questions have come from you guys, the listeners, um, at tiny.cc forward slash chats with Brie. And here we go. First question, how do I make my leftovers exciting? Wanting money saving tips. What's your thoughts on that, David? I reckon when you're making stuff like curry or chili Mm -hmm. the easiest way to change up your leftovers is to just cook a different carb so like Mm. for example last week i had curry Mm -hmm. the first day i had it with rice the second Mm -hmm. day i had it with bread the Mm -hmm. third day i had it with potatoes Mm -hmm. and the last day i made like a potato rosti out of it and then it's like four different meals wow that's real it's actually real good i like to just add some potatoes like to real bulk up what you've got left over or some like extra greens or like some beans or something um, mix it up. But I really like your idea of the different carbs. It's real good. Here's the next question. David, which David in YA is superior to the rest? What is your thoughts on this question? Well, that's a really hard question because we're not even sure which David came up with the question. They've all told me it was none of them. Yeah, I don't know. It could be one of us. It could be. Because who would want to say that they asked that kind of question, you know? <laughs> that's true. But, you know, um, I reckon whichever David is the most humble is superior to the rest. Mm. And so I would have to say that David Connor and David Marshall are superior to me. Interesting, interesting. Keep tuned on this question, guys, because I'm hoping to have both the other Davids on the podcast as well eventually. And so we may be able to ask that to them and see what their responses are. But exciting times. I also do not have an answer to that question yet. I tried to play a game of Snap with all three Davids to figure out which David was superior, but mostly I just was losing. Um, David was, Marshall won that one. Yeah, he did win that game. But um, I definitely didn't come any closer to figuring out who was a superior David in terms of... Like, I asked him a lot of questions, but... I mean, they're all just good people, you know. Next question. So, I'm crushing on someone in YA with the initials EK. What should I do? Would you like to take this one first? Yeah, well, I mean, it could be anyone. Um, but the initials are there, EK. So if you're out there and you have the initials EK, I think someone's crushing on you potentially. Um, a few different options of people it could be. Um, I have a friend whose initials are EK. Um, and for that particular person, what I would recommend doing is getting to know them, um, being friends, and, um, yeah, like, on memes. Memes are good. Yeah, what would you say, David? Well, you know, it's a crush, so my, my simple solution to every crush is to figure out whether it's a crush or not, and that's going to come up in one of the, the next questions. Yeah, that is true. But I reckon, you know, just get to know this person more mm. and find out what they like, what they don't like, whether mm-hmm. or not you're compatible. 
Compatibility is key. Yeah, it is. It's like a key trying to go into a lock that isn't compatible with, won't work. But yeah, no, spend more time getting to know this person, hang out in groups, mm. find out, you know, what they're like. It's really important that both of you have same, similar passions and similar mm. expectations in life, I guess. If you think it's more than a crush, then be intentional about it. Because it doesn't make sense just like, you know, bumming around, mm. trying to send signals and, mm. and not doing anything about it. Because mm. it's not really helpful. Mm. See, um, I kind of assume you're from young adults and, you know, um, you really don't want to ruin the fellowship and, you know, make things awkward for the other party. And, you know, it's not something you really should be worrying about, I reckon. Because, you know, God tells us in his word that you seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added onto you. And so I'd, my suggestion is just, you know, pursue righteousness, pursue holiness, and wait and see what God has in store for you. Definitely. Good stuff from David. Next question. We're on a roll with these love questions. How does one who has casual friends seeing each other in group settings turn their relationship into something more romantically flavoured? How do I signal that I am single and ready to mingle? How do I initiate one-on-one time with this person to gauge the room? When should I give them my number? Help, Auntie Bree. Wowzers, what a question. It's a lot there. So someone is just casual friends. They want it to be something more romantic. How do they initiate that they're single and ready to mingle um, and spend time with them? And when should they give them their number? First off, you don't really need to give them your number. Because you guys got Facebook Messenger, so there's everyone on Facebook. That being said, I think asking someone for their number still has, like, quite a big significance. Like, mm, yeah, your friends on Facebook, but once you ask them for your number, you, that means you want to text them, you know? That's true. That's but I true. think there's two sides to this as well, because I'm not sure who asked this, but it could be a girl, it could be a guy. Mm. And I reckon, Bree, you take the girl side, I'll take the guy side. Yeah, I reckon. So, if you're a guy, and you're crushing on a girl, um, and you want to turn that relationship something more romantically flavoured... To signal that you're single and ready to mingle, ooh, be quite, like, obvious about it. Girls will read into... Girls Girls are good at picking things up and reading into situations. So you don't even need to be too obvious. But then they're also really good at thinking that they're just overthinking, even if it is obvious. They like straight-up answers, actually, as well. So you could literally just be straight-up, like, hey, I want to hang... You know, do you want to do something this week? Um, do you want to hang out... Um, like, in a way that's that's taking it away from the group setting, but still pretty casual, like, oh, let's grab lunch, or, oh, I need help picking out this thing from the bookshop. Do you want to come with me and help, if you, like, both like books or something? And just, like, you could also bring up the fact you're single, but <laughs> that also probably puts people off. <laughs> so maybe don't do that. What do you think, from a guy's perspective, if it was a girl asking this question? I think it's, well, it's pretty difficult to answer, because, um... You know, as guys, we never think a girl likes us because mm. that's, you know, it's no-no to think that a girl likes you. Yeah. And your mates will give you a lot of stick for that. <laughs> but I reckon, you know, if, if you feel like the guy does have some attraction to you and he's being unhelpful, then perhaps, you know, maybe you want to talk to him about it. Um, I don't think it's... Well, I think, you know, people need to... At, at, our, at our age, people are pretty sensible mm. when you talk about feelings and... Hopefully they don't shut you down or, you know, hopefully it goes the right way as you mm. want it to. So you're saying that the girl should just be straight up and literally just straight up tell the guy? No, I'm saying if he's being unhelpful, you uh-huh. can tell him. I um, see. But that being said, like for, for me personally, um, if a girl told me that she liked me, I'd be like pretty scared. Mm. I know a lot of so guys <laughs> might not agree with me, but yeah. So wait, so you want us to 
tell you but not tell you. It's situational. Like, <laughs> if a guy has shown no interest at all, like, he's just, you know, you guys are just friends. Yeah. Then don't do it. Don't tell him. Um, you need to wait. And I don't know because I'm a guy, so I can't really speak on what a girl should do. But I reckon patience is really important. Guys, unless they're really into you, they don't like it when girls kind of just spring one up on you like that. Yeah. So how would a girl let, you know, someone know that they're single and ready to mingle? Um, I reckon you don't need to go and go out announcing that you're single and ready to mingle. It's pretty obvious when you're single, you know. Right. You just don't hang but, out. But like, there's a difference between being other. single and being ready to mingle. Oh, it's hard to say. Or you just kind of wait for things to happen. I, I reckon just wait for things to happen, you know. Yeah. These things... Like, you can't really force these things. Yeah. Is it weird to initiate one-on-one time with that person? Like, how would you think we would, someone would go about doing that? Like, is like it, from a guy's okay, perspective. Okay, from a guy's perspective, if you think a girl's nice, just, you know, tell her you want to get to know her better. Or you don't have to be so direct, but you can just say, mm. hey, you know, I'm doing this and this and this. Do you want to hang out? Mm. And then if she's like, sure, then great, you have one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. If she's like, can I ask a friend along? Then it's fine too. Yeah. You know, because you're kind of gauging where they're at. Yeah. And, yeah. When should you give them the, your number? When I don't know. Depends how you want to take it, I guess. Because yeah. you could have, like, hung out with them and then you feel like it's nothing. Mm. And then you don't ask for their number. Mm. But it could have been really, really good. Mm. And then you ask for their number. Mm. So it kinda, you kind of have to test the water a little bit. And then, yeah. you know, yeah, it's a um, case-by-case basis, I'd say. Definitely. If you need to discuss the case-by-case basis, you could always hit up David and... <laughs> he could case by case analyze it since everything has to be case by case basis. Pro bono. I don't know what that means. Free of charge. Oh, free of charge. I do it as a charity service. Here's it as a charity service. So, all the people out there struggling with love, go to David. He'd probably just tell you to be patient. I'll tell you to be patient, pray about it, don't do anything, stay single. Singleness is great. Yeah, that's true. The next question is how do you know if you have a crush? How do you know if it's something more than that? And that kind of links back into his other two questions. That's a real tricky one, and that is definitely not something I am well adept at the answer. But what would you think, David? How would you know if you have a crush, and how do you know when it's more than that? Well, I'm going to assume that when you say you have a crush, it's all about infatuation. And what that means is that you're in the, like the first stage of being attracted to someone, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like crazy about them, you know? You yeah. can't get them out of your mind. Always you're constantly about thinking them. about them. You want to spend time with mm-hmm. them. Sure. Um, so how do you know if it's more than that? And I reckon if you were friends first and then you get these feelings, you kind of know that it's more than that because you didn't like them from the onset and these things have kind of just developed over time. Um, so that's one way. The other way is that if you if you if you're not able to pick out any of their flaws... So if you basically think they're a perfect person, that's definitely infatuation and a crutch because nobody's perfect and you mm. can't, you know, yeah, nobody's perfect. Yeah, I would definitely agree with the whole, you know it's a crush if you're thinking about them all the time. And if you're questioning the fact of whether or not it's a crush and you're questioning that a lot and you're thinking about it a lot, you're probably just trying to deny your own feelings, to be fair. Um, and to know it's more than that is quite tricky. But yeah, you just kind of, you eventually get to a point of knowing. And I reckon if you can quantify what you like about a person, mm. that tells you a lot more as well. Because mm. most of the time, you know, if you ask somebody who has a crush on another person, mm. it's like, what do you like about them? I don't know. He's just a nice guy. Or yeah. she's just really nice. I just really like being around her. Yeah. 
Whereas when you can quantify that, you know that it's more because it actually takes substance. It's not just superficial. For sure, for sure. Pros and cons lists can actually be really good tools um, to actually help you put your feelings down on paper and figure out what you like and don't like. I love a good pros and cons list. Mm-hmm. The last question is, what do you think Jello is like when it, a, a solid. solid, is frozen into a solid, a solid, then thawed? I mean, it's going to be frozen jelly initially, and it's going to be hard, and I would say it would be similar to ice, but less slippery. And then when it's thawed, I feel like it'll be... Because, like, I feel like when it's frozen into the solid or solid, then it, the bonds will reform and kind of crystallize-ish type thing. And so then when it rethaws, some of it will break and, like, the water, like, will be lost. And so it would be quite brittle. I think it will be quite brittle and crumbly, like a real slodgy disaster. What do you think, David? So I think um, I'm not sure about the chemical properties about Jello. But I reckon Jello is kind of like a crystalline lattice with water molecules in between the in, in between mm. the different molecules, and so when you freeze it, it's not that the lattice becomes well. The lattice does become lose its thermal energy, but it's the water molecules inside the Jello that get into a fixed arrangement, mm-hmm. and so you do get these ice-like properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you get anything with ice-like properties, it becomes uh, more resistant to tensile and shear stress, which means it doesn't wobble around as much. Um, but when you thaw it, um, well, then again, you know, I said, because the I, the water is not within, is not interacting with the molecules of the jello, when the water thaws out again, it just becomes normal jello. I reckon we should try this. I'll update you next time I have the podcast. See if it's normal jello or if it's brittle. Well, awesome. This brings us to the end of the podcast. The next question is... Nobody close to me has ever died, and I'm worried that I'll become a blob when it happens. That is a tricky question. What would you say to that, David? You know, it's part of life. You kind of just Mm. have to wait for it to happen, eh? Um, Mm. But I reckon one way of really getting over it really... Yeah, speed up the process, become used to it. Yeah, you can befriend an old person, (laughs) you know, one that's like terminally ill. Or, you know, work in a hospital, work in an aged home, like a hospice, is that what it's called? Hospice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a, I know for me, like the mm. first interaction I had with death was when my dog died. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really sad about it, but I kind of just, you know, it got me thinking that, you know, death is real mm-hmm. and it's something we all have to go through. Mm-hmm. And so I reckon just adopt like a 13 year old dog. Yeah. That's my solution. Yeah. You'll die and you're like, accept it. I think it's always going to be hard when someone close to you does die. Um, it's always going to be a really hard situation. Um, and I think also having a support network around you in preparation for that. I mean, like, you don't want to prepare for death, but you want to be able to have the people around you when it does happen because you will become a blob. I think you will become a blob. It's good to have those people around you. But then again, you know, there's nothing wrong with becoming a blob. Mm, um, for sure. Because when you're sad, it means that, you know, that person really mattered in your life. Yeah. And if you're not, if you don't become a blob, then, you know, something's really wrong with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so don't get too stressed about it. Um, don't let death hold you down. Ain't no grave gonna hold you down. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, David. Oh, it was a pleasure. I hope you had a good time. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Keep on submitting the com- the questions. Anyone can submit questions to tiny.cc forward slash chats with Bree. The link is in the description. I love getting your questions. Um, I love answering them. So please keep submitting them. 
I'm excited to hear from you and I'm excited to talk to you again at the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.